Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy. I hope that everyone's week is going swimmingly. My week's going all right, making it through, trying to get to the weekend one step at a time. This past weekend, like I told you guys, I was gonna have a chill weekend, and I did, and I binged an entire show. So of course, I'm gonna share my opinions with you on all of that. Another thing that happened this past weekend, I went to a five-year-old's birthday party very cute very wholesome it broke up the everyday routine which is pretty nice sometimes other than that i've been working on something new and very exciting i'm not going to announce it yet so sorry about that i know that that is very annoying but because of this new thing i've been feeling very excited very driven these past couple days and that's just a very nice feeling to have and it doesn't come around all the time so I'm trying to soak that in and just keep the momentum going. Hopefully you guys have a couple things right now that you're excited about, that you're looking forward to. If nothing else, you guys, it is May now. We are getting closer and closer to summer. That's something that I feel we can all be excited about. Warmer weather, presumably less stress, maybe a couple vacations, maybe just some downtime in the sun. All of that sounds extraordinary to me. That's really all that's new with me, trying to stay peachy and positive for all that's coming ahead. So with that, let's get right in to what's hot. First up for what's hot, we have to talk about the story that everyone is talking about, the Met Gala 2022. Of course, Vogue has their list of best dressed. If you want to see that, go to the best dressed stars at the 2022 Met Gala on Vogue.com. They put out images, they tell us the designers, they really go through it all. I'm just going to share with you guys some of the people that I thought were wearing some notable looks. Not everyone by any means, just some, so apologies if I left your favorites out, but there were a lot, you guys. And now before I do this, I just want to say, I know that every year there's a bunch of controversy over whether people stuck to the theme, whether they didn't. This year, like almost all of the years, there's been criticism that the celebrities did not go in theme or they didn't go as much in theme as they could have gone. And as we know, a lot of the times, celebrities do not get to pick what they're wearing. The designers have a lot of say. And the designers sometimes want to interpret their theme in their own way. And there are so many ways to interpret this theme and all of the themes past just the time frame that it is in. So, like I mentioned on a past podcast episode, the theme of this year was Gilded Glamour. Some hit the mark with that, some didn't, everyone's gonna have different opinions, but regardless, I thought that definitely there were some show-stopping looks out there. So here's some looks I wanted to share. First, Vanessa Hudgens, who, by the way, she hosted her and Lala, some other people as well, Emma Chamberlain did the interviews for Vogue's YouTube page. Overall, I thought all the hosts did a phenomenal job, specifically the Vogue stream that you could watch on Instagram and on Vogue.com. So fantastic. I felt like I was able to see so many of the looks really get an inside scoop of the night. Very, very fun as somebody on the outside. Who knows, guys? Maybe one day I'll be at the Met Gala. Crazier things have happened. But anyway, Vanessa Hudgens looked fantastic. She wore a sheer Moschino ball gown designed by Jeremy Scott. It was black. It was beautiful. We saw a lot of black gowns this year. 
Hers in particular was one of my favorites. Another standout color was fuchsia. There were a lot of looks in fuchsia this year. Sebastian Stan wore an all pink Valentino look. I thought it was great, head to toe, really a statement outfit. Quana Chasing Horse and Prabal Garung, such a beautiful gown and the outfit from head to toe, so gorgeous from the feather in her hair to the ornate accessories to the shape of the dress, definitely a showstopper. Like I was saying, Emma Chamberlain was also there and I loved her look. Of course, she wore Louis Vuitton, a very unique take on the theme, but it was very her. Also, Adut Akech and Christian LaCroix, a really unique dress and colors that I would not originally pair together, that emerald green with the light blue, but I thought it really worked and the jewelry, particularly her necklace, so pretty. The Elvis crew was there from the new movie. They were all in Prada, including Austin Butler. He looked really great in his look. Beside Kaya Gerber and Alexander McQueen, which by the way, did we know that they were dating? Because I definitely did not. But Kaya Gerber looked gorgeous in her very sparkly dress. Definitely a lot of sparkly looks out there this year. Made some sense. They looked very glamorous. Speaking of the glamour, I have to mention Blake Lively's dress. She was wearing Versace, her dress patinaed. It was absolutely a moment on the red carpet. She truly looked like the Statue of Liberty. When Ryan Reynolds saw the big moment on the carpet, his face said it all. He was in awe. We were in awe. It was beautiful. Somebody else that paid homage to New York was Alicia Keys in her Ralph Lauren look beautiful, sparkly, and with the cape to tie it all together. Another one that I thought was really great was Sydney Sweeney and Tori Burch. Pretty on theme. And speaking of on theme, somebody that definitely hit the theme was Billie Eilish. Her look was Gucci. It was pretty much a replica of a portrait from 1885, a portrait of Madame Poisson by John Singer Sargent. Very cool if you look at that portrait side by side to Billie Eilish. Also, Billie was not the only one from the family there. Phineas also showed up, also in Gucci, also looked great. A classic look from somebody that pretty much always gives us a classic look. Hailey Bieber in Saint Laurent. I thought that she looked gorgeous as always. It was a very simple but beautiful silhouette silky white with her big standout feather shawl. Very elegant as always. Another very unique look, Lena Waithe in Versace. I thought this was so cool. Very luxurious silk suit in a really vibrant, almost neon blue. Gave off an effortlessly chic vibe. Also in Versace, Cardi B in an elaborate, gorgeous gold dress. So much detail, so much craftsmanship. It was blingy. The design was covered in tulle and seven types of chunky gold chains. Truly a piece of art. Another look, which definitely made an impact, Taylor Hill in a Miss Sohi dress. It was rich blue. It was embroidered. It was grand. It was off the shoulder. Really a beautiful statement dress. Another very cool look that was kind of neon, Kid Cudi in Kenzo, 
head to toe in this vibrant kind of cobalt blue. I loved seeing this look walk. And speaking of seeing looks walk, I think that probably one of the most talked about looks of the night was Kim Kardashian's look. She was wearing vintage Jean-Louis. It was Marilyn Monroe's dress from 1962. She wore it when she sang Happy Birthday, Mr. President to JFK, and she looked absolutely gorgeous. Pete was also by her side in Dior. And speaking of the Kardashians, another iconic thing that happened this Met Gala is that all five of them were at the Met. Kim, Courtney, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie. And the leader of the household, Kris Jenner. I really thought that they were going to be more in theme with one another, but they were not at all. They all dressed very differently across the board. One look that I want to call out is Kylie's. While I didn't love the look head to toe, specifically because I wasn't a huge fan of the baseball hat, but still I very much respected particularly the dress because it was an homage to Virgil Abloh. This dress is called the Poetry Dress. Off-White wrote that it draws inspiration from the final couture gown designed by Virgil Abloh, shown in the Off-White Fall Winter 2022 and High Fashion Collection Runway Show. Kylie Jenner collaborated closely with the Off-White Atelier on the making of her gown for the 2022 Met Gala to honor her friend and celebrate his legacy. So I thought that was really awesome. I thought that she seemed incredibly confident in it, which is exactly what you want to see. My final note on the 2022 Met Gala is that the one person that I really felt was missing was Rihanna. She is, in my eyes, always one of the best, but as most people know, she is pregnant right now. I'm pretty sure that she's in Barbados because she wants to give birth there, so I don't think she's traveling anymore but she was definitely missed, at least by me. That concludes my 2022 Met Gala recap. Again, Vogue did an incredible job of letting us in behind the scenes a little bit, really feeling like we were also part of this experience. If you guys want to see any of the looks that I mentioned or any of the other many, many looks from the night, check them out on either Vogue.com or on social media. Everyone is sharing, and so many people have an opinion. Join in on the conversation. Next up for What's Hot is actually going to combine what's good and what's hot. Because, like I told you guys, this past weekend, I binged a show, and the show is We Crashed. Here's your summary. The love story at the center of the rise and fall of the world's most vulnerable startups. WeWork grows from a single co-working space into a global brand worth $47 billion in under a decade. Then, in less than a year, its valuation plummets. This show stars Jared Leto as Adam Newman and Anne Hathaway as Rebecca Newman. It is so well done. It is on Apple TV+. As you guys may remember, I talked about the documentary that came out about WeWork a while back when it first came out. This is a drama, a mini-series. I will say, I feel like I understood the story of WeWork way more clearly in this mini-series, which I know can be problematic because that means that how I'm viewing it, how I see the story, is through the lens of this fictionalized retelling. 
So as always, take these miniseries with a grain of salt when it comes to the accuracy of it all. But I do think that they tried to stay true to a lot of what actually happened, but we will find out more about that in a second. But first, just some more opinions on it. I thought the acting was so good. I feel like I haven't seen Anne Hathaway in something in quite some time, so I thought that it was really fun to watch her act. Jared Leto also did a phenomenal job. He definitely fit the part of Adam Newman. I felt like I was watching the real guy the whole time. And then there were some other fun, surprising actors within this show. America Ferreira, Anthony Edwards, just to name a few of them. Everyone did really great, so entertaining. I love that it's based on a true story. I love that it's snackable. Also, I thought that the pilot for this was so compelling. I oftentimes give shows quite a while to capture me. I usually give them the benefit of the doubt. If I don't like the first episode, a lot of times I'll watch like three episodes, but that was definitely not the case with this show at all. They caught me on episode one. Again, if you want to watch it, it is on Apple TV+. Now, let's get into the what's hot story that accompanies this. Like I said, sometimes it's hard to know what's true, what's not from these fictionalized retellings, so we're going to find out together. According to harpersbazaar.com, what happened to WeWork's Adam and Rebecca Newman and our Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway's portrayal in Apple TV Plus's We Crashed accurate? The first question Harper's Bazaar answers, is Adam Newman still rich? They write, Despite presiding over WeWork's meteoric fall from grace, Adam Newman managed to exit the startup as a very wealthy person. In October 2021, Adam became worth $2.3 billion. Per Bloomberg, his net worth is based upon several elements. There's the $185 million charge for a non-compete agreement for Newman, $106 million for a settlement payment, and $578 million for shares sold by his We Holdings LLC to SoftBank. There's also the extension on a $432 million loan from the Japanese firm, secured by some of his WeWork stake. Harper's Bazaar says, Basically, Adam is doing just fine despite being forced to resign from his own company. However, as Fortune notes, in 2019, Adam was estimated to be worth a whopping $14 billion, so he's definitely been negatively impacted by WeWork's first failure to go public. I mean, I guess $2.3 billion compared to $14 billion, that's a pretty big difference, but we have to remember, it's still in the billions, alright? $2.3 billion is quite a pretty penny if you ask me. Next question Harper's Bazaar answers for us, what is Rebecca Newman doing post WeWork? Along with being WeWork's chief brand and impact officer, Rebecca was responsible for founding WeGrow, a school housed in WeWork's Chelsea location. When she stepped down from her powerful WeWork role, she also had to let go of her dream school, at least for now. In October 2019, it was announced that WeWork's fledging school would be shuttering after the 2019-2020 school year, per HuffPost. As the school's CEO, Rebecca was left without a job. However, as Forbes reported in 2020, the Newmans, quote, acquired the rights to the curriculum of the elementary school, although they no longer own the WeGrow name. Per Forbes, Rebecca is reportedly planning to use the curriculum to launch Soulful, an acronym that stands for Student of Life for Life. 
Soulful's website reveals that the brand hopes to provide, quote, a hyper-localized, earth-based, holistic approach to teaching and learning, but the organization appears to be a work in progress. Next question, and one that I was personally curious about, are Rebecca and Adam still together? Harper's Bazaar writes, After stepping down from their WeWork roles, the Newman spent some time living in Tel Aviv per Vanity Fair. However, according to the publication, the family has since returned to the United States, where they have been staying in the Hamptons. Vanity Fair also reports that the couple now has six children, including two sets of twins, and that they're, quote, hatching plans for their next ventures. An insider allegedly told New York Post in April 2021 that these new ventures, quote, involves what happens in the world because of the pandemic. He's got big plans and he's waiting for the right time to announce them. Harper's Bazaar says that as for the state of the couple's marriage, a source told the New York Post, Adam and Rebecca are devoted to one another and devoted to those kids. There couldn't be a bigger contrast with how Adam is portrayed publicly and what a family man he is. And the last question Harper's Bazaar clears up for us, what went wrong for the Newmans? They write, as portrayed in We Crashed, Adam Newman's personality was often at the center of WeWork, for better and for worse. The New York Times describes Adam as, quote, a towering, hard-partying Israeli with long hair and a penchant for leather jackets and tequila. The publication also notes that as WeWork CEO, he became accustomed to a lavish lifestyle, which involved regular trips on private jets, living in luxury homes, and the freedom to, quote, fund his pet projects on a whim. However, before the company could go private, some of Adam's practices were called into question. The New York Times notes that several decisions made by the CEO may have allowed him to personally benefit from the venture, such as selling the Wii trademark to the company for $5.9 million. Per the publication, Adam also reportedly took stakes in buildings and leased them to WeWork, which obviously drew criticism from his investors. As reported by Fortune, Adam took a $500 million line of credit from investment banks to boost his own stake in the company, plus a $362 million loan from WeWork itself, owing to his early exercise of a stock option. Harper's Bazaar writes that despite all of this, WeWork and the Newmans have survived the company's fall from unicorn status. While it's unclear what Adam and Rebecca will do next, it seems as though they'll have no shortage of funds to do it with. This is all so interesting. It was interesting when it happened. It was interesting when the documentary came out. And now it's still interesting to dissect this all through this miniseries. Reading through all of this, they did hit on a lot of these points in the miniseries. Of course, I'm sure a lot of the other stuff that was in there was either anecdotal or completely fictionalized. But either way, this is a guy, this is a company, this is a story that so much of what did go on could seem fictional. So it's really hard to know what's fake, what's real. I feel like because this is being resurfaced, Adam Newman, Rebecca Newman, they're just going to come out of the woodworks and bring us something new. I'm predicting very, very soon. Not sure if investors are going to be so keen on working with them on their next venture, but with the money that they now have, maybe they don't even need it. Like we say on this podcast, time will tell. That's it for what's hot, and that was also the first part of what's good, so let's continue on to the rest of what's good.
kind of a funny one, but I wanted to share it because this past weekend, I bought myself a bagel, and with that bagel, there was an option to get a juice, and I haven't gotten juice in a long time, but what drew me to it was the kind of juice that it was. It was the Martinelli's apple juice, the one in the glass bottle. It's kind of shaped like an apple. It's from U.S. Grown Fresh Apples. I feel like everyone has tried this juice in their life, but I just completely forgot about it, so it was such a treat, especially with my bagel. Seriously, nothing better to accompany a bagel than a Martinelli's apple juice. That's how I feel right now anyway. If me saying this is opening up a craving for you, go get yourself some Martinelli's apple juice. I don't think you're gonna regret it. Last up for what's good, a song for you guys. Dive by Kids in America and Magic Giant. It's on the playlist, on Spotify, typically peachy, what's good. Alright guys, last up for this episode, need to know basis. The topic this week really came to me because I was listening to a different podcast, one that I really, really like. I've mentioned it to you guys before. It's called Making Moves with TK, and she had a guest on, and this guest shared a story about being on a hike, and she saw a rainbow, okay? Beautiful thing to see on a hike, right? Not that common, but the point was is that she saw this rainbow, and all of a sudden, people around her were talking to each other about the rainbow, And why that's notable is because what she was explaining is that whenever she goes on these hikes, people don't talk to each other. You know, you're either alone or you're there with some friends. But strangers talking to strangers, I feel like doesn't happen that often, except for very specific situations. But nonetheless, she was on this hike, the rainbow was there, and people started talking to each other about the rainbow. And they were saying how beautiful it was. She felt like it was changing people's attitudes. She saw some people high-fiving over the rainbow. And it made me think of how something so simple as a rainbow, so, so incredibly simple, can completely turn your mood around. But more than just the event of seeing it, it's how other people are reacting to it. That power of positive energy and being around people that are collectively positive. I feel like that's a very special, somewhat unique thing. And it made me think about myself and how I can very easily get into negative waves. But nothing positive comes out of being negative. And if you sit in that negativity too long, you get further and further away from that positivity. So I'm trying to one, Notice who those positive people are in my life and really try to surround myself with them because clearly that makes a difference. If you're around positive people, you yourself are innately going to feel more positive. And two, work on my own positivity. And if that becomes challenging, then maybe I need to start looking at it differently. Instead of just being positive for myself, if I think of how it's going to affect others, maybe that's the key because sometimes I find that it can be easier to make changes for others than for yourself. Not always, but a lot of times, if there's external motivations, I think it gives you that extra push that sometimes we all need. So if you guys wanna challenge yourself, maybe use that energy to head into the weekend and be the person to high five over a rainbow. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope that you have a fantastic rest of your week, a fabulous weekend, 
say something nice to a stranger, surround yourself with people that are going to lift your energy up, keep that positivity going, and don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>